We have been uh, talking for the last few weeks, uh, talking through Advent, this series called Born the King. Uh, We've been talking really about who is this baby that we find in the manger on Christmas morning? What is this, what is this all about? Uh, why, why is it important that Jesus Christ, why is, why is the identity of this baby in the manger so important? You know, some, uh, a lot of times during Christmas we get uh, caught up in some of the surroundings of the birth of Christ. We look at the, the shepherds and the stable and the star and we, we lose focus. We lose, we lose focus on who this baby really is. And so that's where we've been focusing this Advent is who is this baby that we find in the manger on Christmas morning? Why, who, what is the importance of Jesus Christ? Why is it important that he came? Why is it important that we need to know. And so we, we've been going through Philippians 2 to be able to talk through all of this, to be able to talk through uh, what, who this Jesus is, the identity of this baby in the manger. So if you want to flip there with me, we'll just, I'll kind of recap as we read through Philippians 2 this morning. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, if you're in one of our pew Bibles and you want to follow along, it's on page 1012. Uh, if you're in your own Bibles, uh, it's it's in the New Testament. <laughs> uh, you'll get there. Uh, so, uh, Philippians <clears throat> chapter 2, starting at verse 6. And I do just want to remind you as you're turning that Philippians uh, is a letter that Paul wrote to a church, a church in Philippi. Uh, and he's encouraging them at this point in the letter to have the same attitude of mind towards one another that Christ Jesus had. Treat people like Christ Jesus treated people. But then he goes on here in verse 6 through 11 to really give us kind of a theology of who Jesus is. Uh, he, he spends five verses and talks about things that, I mean, I had whole classes on, like semester-long classes on who Jesus is. Uh, he kind of does it all in five verses here. So uh, we're going to kind of unpack this. We've been unpacking this during this series, uh, but we're going to, I'll recap as we read, starting at verse 6. Well, I'll start at verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. That was week one. Equality with God. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, something to be grasped. And now, just, just this very first part, that Jesus, who in his very nature is God. That was the very first thing, the foundation of what we talked about going into this Advent season. Is this baby in the manger? I should have a manger right here. I keep, I keep pointing down like I have a manger here. I don't. Uh, uh, this baby in the manger <clears throat> is God. And not just a little bit God, but he is fully God. It is his nature to be God. We got some help from John chapter 1 as well as we kind of looked at, at who Jesus is and how Jesus is God. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You skip down to verse 14 there, and it talks about how uh, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. It's clear that the, John chapter 1 is talking about Christ, talking about His divinity, talking about the, the Godness, if you will, of Jesus. Jesus is God. This baby that we find wrapped in a manger on Christmas morning is God. But we can keep moving to verse 7. Verse 7, rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. <clears throat> this week we moved from 
That was week two. We moved from talking about the, the godness of Jesus, the divinity of Jesus, into moving into the humanity of Jesus. Why is it important that Jesus was human? Why is it important that, that Jesus was, was not just God? He wasn't just fully God, but Jesus was, was fully human as well. And because of that humanness of Jesus, he identifies with us in our struggles. He identifies with us in our pain. He can identify with us in, in any way. Hebrews tells us that we have a high priest who can empathize with us in our weaknesses. We, this is Jesus. Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully human. Now, in, in emptying himself, he made himself nothing, verse 7 says, in the original language, was kind of emptying himself, that he did not empty himself of his God nature, but instead he, he took on human nature, that he was fully God, fully human. Next week, was last week, we talked about verse 8, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, that Jesus would humble himself, make himself obedient to death, even death on a cross. We talked last week that Jesus Christ was born in a manger so that he could die on the cross. This is the beginning of the Easter story that we celebrate on Christmas. This is a powerful thing just to think about. That on Christmas, it's not just that we celebrate the birth. We celebrate the birth of the one who came for you and for me. This is, this is a powerful thought. We talked about a couple movements that happen as Jesus comes down in, in this manger. We talked about this movement of Jesus from exaltation to humility so that we might be exalted. This movement that Jesus makes from life to death so that we might have life. Jesus came as fully God and fully man for us. And this is where we left it off last week. We're going to pick it up here on verse, on verse 9. <clears throat> this is the end of Paul's kind of theology of Jesus. He says, Therefore God exalted him, talking about Jesus, to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want you just to catch these words in the back side of this verse. That every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus is Lord. This is the key to Christmas. Jesus is Lord. This baby that we find wrapped in a manger is fully God, fully human. He came for us. This Jesus that we find in the manger is Lord. Now, what, is this, what does this mean? I mean, this is, this is again, just a, a key to Christmas, but this is a theme that, that, that is all over Scripture, that Jesus is Lord. This was a, a theme that was central to the early church. Even the first sermon in Acts chapter 2, Peter stands up and he says, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Christ and Lord. Now, calling Jesus Lord, that's a... That's a big claim that Peter was making. It's a big claim that Paul is making. It's a claim that is made in Luke chapter 2, that he, that he is Christ the Lord, because to call Jesus the Lord was a big deal. And calling anyone Lord is a big deal. I mean, this, this is a central claim of the New Testament, that Jesus is 
Lord, but it's, it's proclaimed over and over. I want to just unpack this whole idea that Jesus is Lord this morning, because it's not, a, it's not necessarily a, a new thing that we're talking about, but this, it's, it starts just all over the place. It's in the New Testament. What does it mean? We're going to talk a little bit about that, but I want to start just at the beginning. I want to talk about what it means that Jesus is Lord. I believe that this passage here, this, this 9 through 11 of Philippians 2, gives us really kind of what it means to be able to call Jesus Lord. What is it, what is, how is Jesus Lord? This passage, and we'll start at the very beginning of this, verse 9 here, says that God exalted him to the highest place. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. That this Jesus, Christ the Lord, is exalted. This is not a, a new thing in, in Scripture as you're talking about the Lord being exalted, but it's new to put a name on it. A name of Jesus here to say that Jesus is exalted to the highest place. And in fact, this, uh, the original language here is, uh, it's, it places a very high emphasis on how high Jesus is exalted. It's like Jesus is super highly exalted, is basically what the, what the original language is saying. This, Jesus is not just highly exalted, like, yeah, he's, he's up there. No, Jesus is super highly exalted. He is like way, way up there exalted. Jesus is the very top of what it means to be exalted. This is Jesus Christ, and it's saying that, that God exalted him to the highest place. I want to just just kind of look back on what it, on on just how scripture talks about the Lord being exalted because this is in by no means the very first place that we read this. In fact, the Old Testament we read it all the time in the book of Psalms. If you want to turn to the book of Psalms with me, uh, it's I'm going to start in verse in chapter 83 of Psalms. We're going to move through a little bit. We'll probably move kind of quickly. So, uh, well, you know how I am. So we're just going to keep moving through the book of Psalms. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about uh, just the exaltation of the Lord. How exalted is the Lord, even in the Old Testament? Psalm chapter 83, <clears throat> verse 18, <clears throat> excuse me, says this, Let them know that you, whose name is the Lord, that you alone are most high over all the earth. Now here in Psalms, how, what is the Lord exalted over. He is exalted over all the earth. Flip a few pages to chapter 95, starting at verse 3. <clears throat> For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth, <clears throat> and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Now, you, just, you go through and you just see that Jesus is not just, just exalted over the earth, but Jesus is, is to be worshipped. He is exalted over, over all of creation. He is the maker. He is the creator. And just a couple pages over, Psalm chapter 97, starting at verse 5. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord. The earth sees and trembles. I'm sorry, I skipped that. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the, earth, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness. All the peoples see his glory. All who worship images are put to shame. Those who boast in idols 
Worship him, all you gods. Zion hears and rejoices, and the villages of Judah are glad because of your judgments, Lord. For you, Lord, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all other gods. So we see that this Old Testament is talking about the Lord being exalted, not just over creation, not just over the earth, but even over all other gods. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is exalted. Skip a couple pages over. Psalm 103. starting at verse 19. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts. Praise you, uh, you servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. So we've gone from talking about Jesus being exalted above the earth, above creation, above all other gods. Now we're talking about just being above the angels, how the angels need to to worship the Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is exalted. A few pages more. Psalm 113. This is the last psalm, I promise. Psalm 113, starting at verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you servants. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth? And this, is just, this is just a picture of what it means for the Lord to be exalted just from the Psalms. I mean, it's all over the Old Testament. I mean, even, even, God him, <clears throat> excuse me, even God himself, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 42, he makes this claim in, in chapter 42, verse 8. I am the Lord. That is my name. <laughs> I will not yield my glory to another or praise or my praise to idols. A couple pages more in, in, in Isaiah, chapter 45, starting at verse 21. Declare, <clears throat> excuse me, declare what it is to be. Present it. Let them take counsel together. For who, who foretold this long ago? Who declared it from the distant past? Was it not I, the Lord? And there is no God apart from me, a righteous God and a Savior. But there is, none, there is none but me. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God, there is no other. But myself, by myself I have sworn my mouth is uttered in all integrity. A word that will not be revoked. Before me, every knee will bow. By me, every tongue will swear. Do you sound familiar now? They will say of me, and the Lord alone and deliverance, our deliverance and strength, all who have raged against him will come to him and be put to shame. But the descendants of Israel will find deliverance in the Lord and will make their boast in him. I'll stop in the Old Testament this morning. But this this is what I'm saying. For the fact that it's not new news for the Lord to be exalted. It is all over the Old Testament that the Lord would be exalted. You get to Luke chapter 2. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now the Lord is not just this far off being that we don't necessarily understand. This, this Lord is taking form in, in a baby, in a manger. It's strange, but we can now see and, and touch the, 
the Lord. The Lord that has been just proclaimed all throughout the Old Testament is is now here. We have the Lord of all creation. We have the Lord of all the heavens, the Lord of all the nations, the Lord over all the other gods, the Lord over literally everything in the universe. Lying in a manger, wrapped in cloths. Just picture that with me. This is this is so just this blows my mind when I think about this. But when we when we look at the Psalms and we look in the Old Testament and we see this word Lord, just know that there is Jesus who is the Lord. Jesus is the Lord. The Lord equals Christ. And as Lord, Jesus deserves universal praise. I mean, you go back to the book of Philippians with me. Philippians chapter 2. <clears throat> we read this. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name. He is highly exalted. But why? So that at the name of Jesus, verse 10, every knee should bow. Now, this is just a picture of Old Testament worship here. Not even being able to stand in the presence of, of God. Not even being able to stand in the presence of the one that you are worshiping in. Every knee would bow. That every tongue would confess. I mean, literally that every person would just express that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is what's being prayed here, that in the name of Jesus, every knee would bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Now, I'll just stop here. There's a lot of research that's been done on this sentence here, but here's the the short version, everyone. (laughs) Every knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth, that's that's you, that's me, that is is literally everyone would, would bow. Every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Jesus deserves universal praise. Amen. Every knee would bow. Every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Every angel, every people, everyone, every language. I mean, this, just this right here should just drive us as a church. Every knee and every tongue. Just think about that. Just in this Fresno area, there are close to a million people in the surrounding area here. Every single one. One day. Should be able to bow the knee should confess with their tongue that Jesus Christ is Lord. Here's the crazy thing. God uses you and uses me to be able to make that goal a reality. He enlists us in this mission that every knee would bow and that every tongue would confess. It, is, it should be our goal as it is his. But here's, here's, here's what I want to say this morning. I hope you see the importance of Christmas. Because this baby lying in a manger, wrapped in cloth, is not just a, a normal baby. This is Jesus Christ, the Lord. This is the Lord over all the universe. The Lord over all creation. The Lord over everything. Jesus Christ 
is Lord. We, it's easy to get distracted during this season, during this time. We get distracted by all kinds of things during this season. But I hope that we don't lose our focus, especially in the coming days. That this baby that we celebrate at Christmas is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. I hope that phrase comes off of our tongues this week. I hope as we get ready for Christmas and we celebrate the birth of Jesus that we can just continually say, Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord over my life. He is Lord over your life. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, baby in a manger, wrapped in cloths, is Lord. My prayer for us this week is that as we go through this week and we celebrate Christmas with our families and and whoever you're celebrating with this Christmas, just don't lose sight of this fact that Jesus is Lord. This is, to use the, the old cliche, this is the reason for the season. This is why we celebrate. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord, I hope that's a refrain that just keeps coming out this week. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Here's the thing. We might know that this week. You might be sitting out there saying, Pastor Chris, I know that Jesus Christ is Lord. I get it. It's not good enough just to sit with that knowledge. We need to go out and make sure that everyone knows that Jesus Christ is Lord. If you really believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you really believe that this passage about Jesus is right, it says every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, it is our responsibility to go out and to participate in this mission, to share the gospel, to share the story about Jesus to share the fact that Jesus is Lord and to share what that means. Jesus is Lord. Take that. Remember it. Memorize it. Repeat it. Every morning as you wake up, Jesus is Lord. Every night when your head hits the pillow, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. This baby lying in a manger, wrapped in cloth, Jesus is...